welcome everyone to today's uh, SACPA event and invite you to turn off your cell phones. Uh, before we start officially, actually, I'd, I'd like to mention something. Um, some of you may know this, but uh, has anyone heard of uh, Knut Peterson? Here? Uh, yeah, I'd just like to say he's uh, recently won a big award. It's the Alberta Volunteer Award, the only one uh, awarded for Southern Alberta. So maybe before we get started, a little round of applause would be congratulations. And I just uh, remind you to turn off your cell phones if you haven't already. Um, now, we acknowledge that our events uh, take place on the lands of the Blackfoot people and Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3, and pay respect to their past, present, and future, cultural heritage, beliefs, and relationship with the land. We commit to do our utmost to assist with efforts to mend and heal past and present injustices. Uh, my name is Jamie McKenzie, and I'll be your moderator today. I'm from uh, in anthropology at the University of uh, Lethbridge. And uh, the, this talk and the question and answers will be recorded and are, be available on SACPA's website. Shaw Spotlight uh, also records SACPA presentations and uses uh, excerpts from the PowerPoint uh, for their daily broadcasts. Uh, today's menu, in case you're wondering, is a, a pot pie. I believe it is a chicken pot pie. Um, and I believe there will be salad as well. So remember to place $14 for lunch, $5 if you're a student, or $2 for coffee in the bowls at each table. Uh, make sure the correct amount is there uh, before they're collected at 12.30. Um, now, the format of the meeting will be 25 to 30 minutes for the presentation, then we'll have lunch, and a question and answer period, which will finish around 1.30. So I'll just uh, quickly introduce then our speaker and the topic. The topic, of course, here is uh, successes and challenges for University of Lethbridge refugee students. Our speakers are Anne Diamond and Abdullah Moosley. Uh, Anne Diamond teaches uh, art history and museum studies at the University of Lethbridge. Her book, Diversity Counts, Gender, Race, and Representation in Canadian Art Galleries, which was published this year by uh, McGill-Queens University Press, has been called, quote, an impressive and sobering analysis of gender and diversity in contemporary art and a compelling call for more inclusive curating. Anne is also active in the community. She's the co-chair of the UofL's Refugee Action Committee and faculty advisor to the WUSC Student Club. Both of these groups support and sponsor the immigration of qualified refugees to Canada. And she was awarded the University's Senate Volunteer Award and the YWCA Woman of Distinction Award for this work. And also sits on the Lethbridge United Way Board of Directors. Mm -hmm. And pay attention tomorrow morning for The Current. She is going to be interviewed live tomorrow. So uh, there we are. Um, <laughs> Abdullah Musli uh, was the first refugee student to be uh, uh, sponsored by Wus the Wusk uh, ULET local committee. He moved to Lethbridge in 2016 and now is pursuing a combined degree in new media and marketing. Abdullah worked uh, with uh, Lethbridge Family Services as an Arabic interpreter, co-founded a social enterprise to empower newcomer women in Lethbridge, and has been the SRP coordinator with Wusk ULET local committee, which makes him the go-to person uh, to help refugee students settling into their new home. Um, so with that, I will invite our speakers and uh, look forward to the presentation. Do you want to say a few words? <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Jamie, for introducing us and Knud for inviting us and all of you, of course, for being here. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, it's just really nice to be here and, you know, talk a little bit more about was and refugees and the challenges they face here in uh, in Canada. 
So before we get into the successes and challenges of U of L refugee students, I just want to give a little background about how do these refugee students get to Canada. I'm really sorry. I thought I put my phone on silent, but I did the exact opposite. <laughs> uh, so at the beginning, I just want to talk a little bit more about like what is WESC and what's the SRP program. So WESC is a Canadian non-for-profit organization that stands for World University Service of Canada. Uh, basically, it's, um, it's an organization that aims to help young adults all over the world through education, employment, and empowerment opportunities. One of the main programs is the SRP program, which stands for uh, Student Refugee Program. The program basically uh, connects refugee students in, uh, in their asylum countries to, uh, with Canadian campuses, with Canadian universities, and they just match them to continue their post-secondary education in Canadian universities. So uh, WESC staff basically work in over 30 countries, and they match eligible refugee students with the universities that they have, their, uh, the programs they desire to study. So basically, the, the SRP program has two main components, in a sense, that it has like the academic component. So they basically, the refugee students, they have to uh, be like legible at the same as like any Canadian student and meet the requirements for Canadian, the academic, uh, academic requirements for Canadian universities. And once they meet these requirements and they go through like interviews and uh, English tests and stuff like that. Once they meet these requirements and they get like a placement in Canadian universities, they go through the uh, immigration process, which is merely with the Canadian government. So you go through security checks, medical checks, and just to make sure that you're a good fit with the Canadian society. Once that's uh, done, you basically move to Canada. Uh, usually most refugee students, they move like the SRP students, they move around uh, end of August because the process takes uh, about a year. You move end of August and you just straight up start university beginning of September. It's, it's quite a cultural shock because you know you're, you need to like adjust to the weather, to the culture, to transportation. So, and most refugee students, they come from, there's like, there's 60 million like refugees in the world. So they come from a variety of cultures and backgrounds. So if you were born in a refugee camp and this is all you know, when you move to Lethbridge, everything is a shock. Some people come from like bigger cities, so it's kind of like less shocking. But sometimes it's ev even like the little things when you go to a grocery store and the cashier asks you if if you have a air miles points, you'd be like, "What? Do I have to have that? Like, <laughs> it's <laughs> is it a must? Like, <laughs> do I have to get it?" <laughs> so it's kind of like everything is kind of nerve wracking. So the kind of like the integration process takes a while. Uh, then I just want to talk a little bit more, like as I said, so the program, the SRP program started in uh, 1987. So basically it's been over 40 years. They sponsored over 1,800 students in over 83 campuses like across Canada. So, uh, and one fun fact, the graduation rate for the SRP student is 97%. Does anyone know, just to put it into context, does anybody know like the graduation rate at the University of Lethbridge? How much? It's close. It's seventy percent. So there's like they always like when like when you talk to us and you go to their website, there's like their website is full of success stories because these students when they move here, and I mean I'm talking about them. It's like I'm not one of them. We like when we move here, <laughs> we like you know like basically like you've you've lost enough that you don't want to kind of like latch into this opportunity and you just want to make the best out of it. 
Uh, now I just want to like hand it to Anne to talk a little bit more about uh, what's the University of Lethbridge and how did it start. So um, in a 2015, when uh, many of us were affected by that image of the young boy, Alan Kurdi, um, the university started trying to take action and a group of us came together and we were mostly faculty and staff who were thinking about what the university can do to help. And at the beginning, I don't think we were thinking about students because we all know that students usually don't have a lot of money and that is one of the easiest ways to help, right? Um, but students did want to be involved and were coming and saying, oh, like, how can we make, how can we impact this crisis? Um, and a group of students, I had found out about the World University Service and its refugee program, and a group of students that I told about it ended up starting a student club. And that first year was, I mean, it was a really heady experience. It was very exciting because the students all of a sudden realized, oh, like, Individually, we can't change the world. We can't stop the, you know, the global re refugee crisis, but we can do something to help. Um, and that first year, 2015-16, they started to raise money, and just like the university's refugee um, program overall, it really snowballed. Um, many students joined the club, I think about 170 that first year, um, and started holding all sorts of fundraising activities and educating other students about the, re the refugee crisis. So the slide I'm showing here is an image of two students who are um, using a wheel of fortune or a wheel of misfortune to say, this is how much food you'd get if you were a refugee here. This is how much food you'd get if you were a refugee in this location, right? So um, teaching became a big part of that. Uh, the fundraising in that first year was amazingly successful. The students did everything from, you know, bake sales to Christmas card sales. Um, and eventually we got a major matching donation from a, a corporate funder, which was uh, enabled us to bring in our first refugee student who ended up being Abbott. Um, so uh, that, that process of WUSC at ULEF was really student-led, but it absolutely couldn't happen without the central WUSC organization who does the on-the-ground vetting uh, across the world. Um, and it's a very strange experience to go through this process of, okay, here's a portfolio of a few different refugees. Pick the one that you want to come, and that we might both talk about that in the questions. I don't know, it's an interesting process. Um, in the end, what how the university has to select is based on the criteria, right? How good are their English scores? Those kinds of objective things. And then what actually happens is this. Somebody arrives at the airport, and it is a beautiful thing. Um, and I'll let Abed maybe talk about his experience on the other side of that fundraising. You know, from us, we're fundraising for this abstract person, and here he is. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like it's like as Anne said, it's kind of like it's a it's a it's a weird experience because like while they were doing bake sales in southern Alberta in Lethbridge, I had never heard of Lethbridge, and I was in Jordan just want to get education and applying for scholarships. I have no I had no idea where I was going. Like I'm gonna end up be like if I'm gonna end up like in Toronto or in Lethbridge or in Vancouver. I had no clue. I didn't know like. At the very, very beginning, I didn't really know much about Canada, let alone like Lethbridge and Southern Alberta. So like, 
I'm just gonna like brief my story because it can be really long. <laughs> so basically like there, like this picture was taken in Amman, which is like a couple of months after I moved there. So I moved in, uh, in the beginning of 2013 to Jordan after I left Syria uh, because of the war. And I studied, I stayed in Amman for uh, three years and a half before moving to Canada. So kind of like the story how I ended up in Lethbridge, it has to go back to how the war started. So like, in, like I graduated high school in 2012, which is about a year and a half after the Syrian war had started. My high school experience, it was like far from ideal. <laughs> so I had like, uh, like I was forced sort of like in the second semester, I couldn't attend school because like it was not safe. And plus in the end of first semester, I got detained from school with like multiple other students. So my family were like, you're like, even if you fail, at least you're not dead. So I had to like, for the second semester, I had to study uh, on my own. And in my head, like as, as a teenager, I just thought like, you know what, like once you graduate high school, it, everything gonna be fine. And like once you get to university and you're gonna be doing what do you wanna do like long term. So in June or July 2012, I graduated high school. September, I started uh, the University of Damascus studying architecture, which was kind of like my dream, like my childhood dream. And you know, I, I, in my head, I, like it was, it was very unrealistic to think that. But I thought, like, once you get there, once you get this, uh, out of like this high school experience, everything gonna be fine. But it wasn't. So after one semester of uh, studying in Damascus, because in Syria we have um, uh, like mandatory military service for adults who are like uh, males who are over 18. So once you turn 18, you're basically a fair game for the government. So they can take you from any checkpoint, especially because the country was in a like a state of war. So in every checkpoint, it's kind of like, you don't know, like you're going to class or you might be going to a military base, you have no clue. So after one semester, my family decided to send me to Jordan because it was much safer. So I moved there and I started uh, studying architecture as well there. But after two semesters of studying there, we got a phone call from my uncle in Syria saying that uh, our family business was burned down. So basically, because like in Jordan, as like as an international student, you're not like, uh, you're, you have to be, like you have to pay almost like triple what Jordanian students pay. So basically that's like, like immediately meant that I have to drop out because we, like my family couldn't afford paying like the tuition fees. And you know, as a 19 years old who kind of like your dream has been taken away from you like twice, within like year and a half, you go into like, you know, like this like fun spiral depression for like a couple of months till you kind of like, like, you know, get out of it. And after a couple of months, I like my brother convinced me to go into a community college. So I went there and I got my diploma in multimedia. But as a, as a Syrian refugee, and there is 1.2 million Syrian refugees just in Jordan, let alone, you know, other refugees in Africa or like, in Afghanistan, like it's it it's it's a it's a real world crisis, and uh, Syrian refugees in Jordan are not allowed to work. As a student, you're not eligible for student aid. So I knew because I always wanted to study and like continue like my post secondary education and my higher education. I knew that in Jordan there is like no way that I can do that. Like there is no way I can go anywhere more than a community college. So I started applying for scholarships and I found WESC, which was kind of like the ideal opportunity for me because most other opportunities, they were in Europe and I don't speak German nor Swedish nor Dutch. So it's kind of like, I was like, I might have to spend three years learning that language and I already spoke good English. 
So I, I really wanted to come to Canada for merely for that reason. And I found was, and I started applying, but in my head, like, I never thought that, like, you know, when you're applying to a scholarship, and they'd be like, oh, we're going to sponsor you for a year. You think that it's a big organization that is run by employees, and they're getting paid. And I remember after, like, almost, like, the process of, like, after I applied and I got interviewed multiple times and the English test and stuff like that, when I arrived to Lethbridge, like, I just, like, I met the people who, you know, did bake sales to sponsor me. So it was kind of like, it was really weird because for them it was the first experience, so it was even more emotional for them. So when I met Anne, Elise, and Grace like in the airport, and I was like, these are like students just like me. Like, you know what I mean? Like they are not getting paid to sponsor me. Like they are taking time out of, instead of like spending time with their families, they're taking these little times to organize these things, to bake cookies and sell them to raise awareness, to talk to in events like this, to tell people about what other, you know, refugees all across the world are facing in order to like, you know, change somebody's life, to like impact somebody's life. And I was lucky enough to be that somebody. So like immediately when I moved here, I was like, I, you know, when you're in the other, on the other side of the world, you kind of like lose faith in humanity. So when I moved here and I was like, oh, like actually like individuals who are full-time students also work they just put like a couple of hours a week and they change somebody's life, like literally. So for me, like I just, it, it just seemed like a natural fit to like join WASC. And when I joined them, like I joined as a, like a general member. So in uh, fall 2016 and spring 2017, uh, the WASC plan was to uh, basically to, to run a referendum to add a levy on the registration fee for university students. So to ask every student to, uh, to pay $2 extra on their registration fee every semester. But at the end of the year, this is gonna end up to be $30,000. So a year, every student pays $4, which is cheaper than a cup of coffee you know, at Starbucks. And at the end of the year, it, you're gonna change somebody's life. Like somebody gonna come from that refugee camp, somebody who had lost hope, and they would come to Canada and just do what they actually want. They have a chance for a better life. So uh, this picture was taken outside the student union uh, at the University of Lethbridge in February 2017. So it was six months after I moved here. And this was when the referendum passed. So when we campaigned, we basically needed 400 votes to pass the referendum. And we got over 1,200 votes. Like even in SU, it was like when we were talking to like execs at the student union at the university, they were like, this is kind of like a, like a record number for a referendum for a student's club. But I think people really like this message resonated with people because they saw like the impact on, on their peers. Uh, since then we became more sustainable. So in 20, 2017, we did not sponsor any students because we couldn't collect the money for like administration kind of like problems and like challenges. So in 2018, to the picture, the picture, this picture, so it is, uh, we sponsor like Alier came from uh, Kenya and now he's a second year neuroscience student. And this picture is in 2019. So this was in August 2019. So less than four months ago, uh, Samson, and he's just finishing up his first semester as a finance student at the University of Lethbridge. And we are in the process of sponsoring the next student in August. We don't know where they're gonna come from. All the effort we're kind of putting now as Anne said, it's like to help this abstract somebody, but this abstract somebody is somewhere 
struggling and waiting for that opportunity. So it's on, you know, on individuals just like me and you just to put the little time to kind of help these people. But with the rise of the number of refugee students on campus, there's like other challenges and like these are all great success stories and it's true, like we, like the club and the students and the faculty members and the staff members, they worked hard to, to get us there. But with this rise of number of refugee students, there are other challenges and other kind of like hurdles that comes into like the way of success for these refugee students that Anne would kind of like touch on that a little bit more. Um, the students who've come, maybe I'll just say a little bit more about the students who've come already. Um, Abed is now, he, I think he said at the beginning, a double major in new media and management. Um, and he came from, he, he had been through high school um, and was planning to go to university already in his life. Not all of the students who are eligible for WUSC have that kind of background and that expectation in their life. Um, the other two students who've already arrived, both of them have spent the vast majority of their lives in refugee camps. And so their horizons were really different, I think, than Abbott's. And so that, I think, is maybe the first challenge for the program. Um, the student club works really hard to support each incoming student. And we've always sort of thought, um, oh, like, we'll get a program and we'll know that each, with each student who comes, we'll do this, this, and this. But in fact, every student who has come has been quite different, both in personality and in, in their background. And so that has, we've sort of realized it needs to be a very organic process in terms of supporting them with what their particular needs are. Um, the sort of, how, how surreal it is, I think, to be in a refugee camp in uh, Kenya one week and a neuroscience major at the U of L the next week, it's pretty hard to overestimate how weird that is, right, for students. So that fundamental disjunction is an ongoing um, challenge. But all of the students who've come have really weathered that quite well, and the students in the club work really hard to both support them in you know basic things like here's what you know here's how you run a budget. Most of the students who've come already know that kind of thing, um, and also you know, here's how you make friends in Canada, right? It's different than how you made friends back home in some cases, although not in every case, I think, right? Um, right, so th those sort of adjustment challenges are big. And for me, as the kind of faculty on it, it's very clear, um, or it was very clear in 2015-16 because of the specifics of that year of the refugee crisis. It was in the news, and people felt like it was new, although it wasn't, um, and people wanted to help. One, one of the other challenges for us going forward is the sort of ongoing support. And as those first students who made it happen move to graduate, ensuring that the club has a continued sort of buy-in from students who are willing to put the time into organized support activities for the refugees is um, an, on, an ongoing challenge for us, I would say. Um, and the students are quite aware of that and working to make the club sustainable, not only financially, but in terms of the sort of uh, camaraderie and spirit of the group. Um, the biggest challenge, though, is financial. Um, that funding that we've talked about, 
is solid for the first year of the student program. They're fully funded in their first year. It's not a lavish amount of scholarship, but it is fine for the first year. Um, for those of us who went to university in the 1980s or maybe earlier, I don't know, um, the, the changing financial reality for students is an ongoing problem. Um, I was an an undergrad in the 1980s. And in the 1980s, if you made minimum wage to pay your university tuition, you had to work under 300 hours. Um, do you know how many hours you need to work now to pay tuition at minimum wage? Close to 900. Right? So if you do the math, um, students cannot work at minimum wage now and support themselves. That is a financial reality, um, and that has impacts for us. Um, uh, I have tried to encourage the students not to support a refugee every year, and the scholarship winners like Abed and the other students are actually part of the problem. Because <laughs> when I say it, we need to actually give that $30,000 every second year to upper year to fund upper-year refugees, the refugees themselves say, no, bring in a new guy. We want a new person. We don't want the money. I know they can't get, we're not setting themselves up, we're not setting them up for success unless we make some kind of funding for them. So that's an ongoing challenge um, uh, that we face. Related to that is things like work experience. Um, because they come in, and Lethbridge is a small town, and we know that um, Alberta's been facing employment challenges in the last couple of years. Um, because they come with no Canadian CV, that can be a challenge. So um, for us, finding links in the community where they can find work um, has actually not been a challenge yet, but we anticipate that it will be. When Abbott came in, he had really good design skills. He got a job his first summer at the college. Um, uh, the second student, uh, when he came, by January of his first year, he was already like, I'm gonna take a night shift at the Frito-Lay plant, or Pepsi, I forget, um, at one of the plants in town. He's working like weekends and nights all, uh, so that he can be sure that he has a viable future. Um, but definitely finding work that's um, more suited to his talents and abilities is, has been a challenge. Um, uh, but I don't really want to focus on the negative of that because the, the positive you see here in the slide. Um, the students themselves have been organizing a variety of fundraisers to make that kind of funding happen. Um, this was a gala last year that they hosted in at the end of term that raised, I don't know, $6,000, I think, which, which is a lot of money for student, um, students supporting other students. So they've been very successful in terms of trying to ensure a kind of stable base for those students going forward. But for me, that's the biggest challenges. The things that I thought would be challenges, like helping them fit in and making sure they're doing well in school, have actually been pretty easy. All of the students who've come are super hard workers, super engaged, um, and have ended up being very successful and fit in with the help of the student club and various faculty members and administrative support um, that's happened. So 
that part is working really well and we expect it to continue working really well in the future. It's been a very successful program and I think both of us in different ways feel completely honored to be part of it. So 